Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a podcast where we bring leaders from different domains in technology, product, sales, marketing, finance, etc. to share their insights in how to build and scale great companies. I'm Vani Kola, Managing Director of Kalari Capital and your host. Hello everyone. It's my pleasure to invite you to this conversation with Harish. This episode of Behind the Scenes Harish will share his journey as a leader on product and design principles. Over the last decade Harish has worked with several startups. Another interesting fact about Harish, he's also lead vocalist with Agam, a Carnatic music rock band based out of Bangalore. Welcome Harish. Good morning, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. product and design is one of those things that center to any uh, company's success and uh, making their vision come to life the challenge is uh, you know ui ux is one of those things when it's done right we know it so do you have any framework that works what's the advice on how uh, we can create great products uh, each time first of all very heartening that like through the last one decade or so there's a lot of focus on good consumer experience and 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 good user experience has become central to a lot of products being built and i think uh, it's it's a it's an ongoing movement and i'm happy to be part of that uh, as far as i am concerned i think i am i am an engineer by training and my design is all acquired on the projects that i work on the assignments that i got onto and the products that i got to build uh so because of that i think a lot of my thinking is very first principles uh and uh, um, i don't i or for that matter any design person wouldn't claim to have any tricks up his back because uh, the customer behavior is constantly changing customer needs are constantly changing what they are being exposed to is constantly changing so one of the things that i i try to do uh, at my work is to keenly observe who my customer is and uh, what is it that kind of keeps them going on a particular day what is mundane uh, what is exciting and what is delightful for them i kind of bucketize my customers uh, or my users life like that so there are certain things that he is got to do because he's got to do them some things makes him happy and some things delight him beyond the mundane so there are three three different phases of things that we do in everyday life a lot of tasks that i do each a lot of tools are available for me each one of them has a purpose and value and it is important to understand that you apply the appropriate heuristic to solve for those problems so if uh, the only thing i uh, believe wani uh, is to uh, to not look at life in a very utilitarian lens uh if everything was very utilitarian then uh, we lose the innate joy of actually doing things so uh, i try to build happiness i try to build delight about, around everything that i create and that is one of the guiding principles of my uh, life as a designer and also to speak about it a little bit i'm also a musician uh, so i i uh, like to understand how people's lives are touched through things that are not very quantitative product and user experience has an innate ability to touch people uh, in more qualitative as well as quantitative ways sometimes we get uh, extremely stuck to the quantitative ways of doing things and and sometimes tend to forget that we are dealing with humans and not necessarily programmed bots so uh, for me bringing joy is important i will summarize it like that whatever it is like even the most mundane of tasks 
Uh, people should feel happy that uh, they have a sense of accomplishment. Everything that I have built or trying to build, I try to keep that principle on board. That's the only trick I have, if I may. Yeah, that's a great. Thanks. Appreciate that. And Harish, you know, every founder, uh, CEO would agree that design is very important. But how do you build a design friendly or design centric organization? My design centricity comes from the fact that when the customer touches my product, he should feel that this is the best he could have touched. We will better it in the next release. We will better it in the next release. But the first time he touches it, my attempt is to always tell the customer that this is the best you could have. Mm. Clearly, it may not be. We will have feedback. People may not like it or, or, or your, your notions could be wrong. But for me, building design centricity is you put your customer at the center of it. And how is he going to enter that experience on your product? It's almost like having a really sloppy door at a mall and uh, have a great store inside. Like nobody's going to enter it. So yeah. somehow I sometimes see we get uh, a little carried away, if you may. And we say that, okay, this door may not be important because I don't have so many customers. I'm going to validate. I'm going to first see if I am viable. Customer doesn't think about your business that way. Customer just feels good about what you've created. And if he likes it, he will come and he will evangelize. So for me, design centricity is innate. Is, is actually customer centricity. So if you're a customer centric company, you will innately be design centric. How do you take vision and philosophies, which is at the root of an idea or starting a company and translate that actually into product that can be created, executed, um, and delivered to uh, customers, obviously. What is that journey and process on how you go about structuring it? I come from a, a, a slightly different school of design. Uh, and if you look at design uh, fraternity in general, I will be a small minority. Uh, so there are two, two ways you can look at design. So the, the more majoritarian view to design is that design should solve problems. Like design should innately have purpose. And the purpose is to solve a problem. And the best way that the problem gets solved is the best way to design. This is a largely uh, well-accepted, pretty well-researched and well-acknowledged way of looking at design. But, but we should know that there's a small one to two to three percent of people who are slightly on the other end. I look at design as liberal art. For me, I come from the weird school of thought that design is actually art. A lot of people actually say design is not art. I come from the fact that if something has to last, it has to be art. Anything utilitarian is very easy to be replaced. For example, if you want to create just fungible systems by continuously learning, continuously learning, you can go that route. For me, product vision is what you started this company for. And what did you think you will serve your customer by? Like, for example, when I, when we built cred, when I and Kunal spoke, we decided we are building it for a certain cohort of customers and we need to serve them well. So making it work really well for them matters more to me than making it work for everybody reasonably well. Once you have that clarity in your head, it's easy to translate that to the design team. It's easy to translate to the product team. It's easy, easy to translate to the front end engineering team. So we said we will get credit card payments, right? I'm giving you an example. We have to get that right and getting only that right. Uh, is more important than covering the vast base of a lot of other things that you have to do. Uh, I am a little bit like you're asked to manufacture a car and I get budget only for one car. 
So I put my everything into that car and I keep polishing the surface until it is kept for display. So Cred is built a little bit like that. Like this is the only car I have. I'm not an assembly line. I do not have a thousand cars coming out on the same day from assembly line where I have to cut corners. So we don't uh, cut corners with respect to design on that. So the product vision was to create a great experience for a small set of people. Uh, in a small company, in a new startup, uh, summarizing, uh, understand what you're building and who you're building for and stick to that notion. And probably if you, if you wavered way too much and applied conventional wisdom, uh, it becomes a little difficult because you can only better an existing offering then because your wisdom is always going to base itself on things that, that already exist. So uh, if you base your wisdom on things that already exist, you're always going to be on a betterment journey and the betterment journey will always be sort of average in my opinion. Like we have to create something exemplary, which will be polarizing. Some people will like it. Some people will hate it, but a lot of polarizing offerings have been created in the past in, uh, in the history of humankind and, and, and humans have grown into them rather than, and they have also grown out of them. So, so uh, my, my philosophy is simple, understand who you are building for and build it like this is the only thing you will build. What is your approach or philosophies to, you know, learning systems? We are all on a rapid and continuous learning to be relevant. Technology is changing very fast. Design is changing very fast. I mean, things are just moving at a different speed today in the world. So what is your um, approach to stay abreast, stay ahead? How, how do you do it? My approach is very simple. I have two core principles that I have. I've gotten trained in Adobe for most of my life. I'm in, I was in that company for a decade or so. And I worked with some really incredible design brains, uh, engineers in that company. So one thing that I, I really live by is that humans always outgrow what they know today, tomorrow. Like, you know, see humans are a very rapidly evolving species and they learn. And one way to keep this human race going forward is by keeping up to the rate which human aspiration is moving forward. Unfortunately, uh, design is always for here and now and today. Somehow, uh, every time I get design feedback, it's like, you know, oh, let's build for familiarity. Let's build for what people are already used to. But humans as such, we are not like that. The moment we get used to something, we move on. We actually move on to newer things. Humans as a race innately want to better themselves. And unless you give them higher entropy, unless you give them newer things to choose from, unless you push their envelope into doing uh, things differently from what they are doing, uh, human race wouldn't have moved forward like this. There has to be somebody who will push the envelope forward. It's like, I mean, Vani, you and I would relate to this when iPhone shipped Everybody said nobody would use the software keyboard because BlackBerry, Blackberry has a QWERTY keyboard and BlackBerry would crush. Because BlackBerry was solving for a here and now problem at that time, if I'm allowed, because everybody knows how to use a QWERTY keyboard. But humans are never happy with here and now. We all like to push forward. Look at us like, you know, I'm 40 and I have gadgets that I never thought I would get my hands on and, and I am still looking at moving forward, buying, I want AR headsets. So that's how, that's how humans move forward. So for me, my understanding of systems comes from understanding of human greed and the human uh, craving to actually push the envelope and move forward. Systems are only a tool to move the human race forward and you have to run at that pace. You know, it brings me to a very different point, which is how does being a performer uh, is that in any way influence your professional 
life at all or how does it influence your life that's one second mm-hmm. is maybe you'll hum something for us thanks for asking this question i don't get this question asked to me uh i am an engineer by training and an engineer by uh, by skill i still don't claim to be a designer to most of my designer friends because i have a certain respect for that craft uh and i believe in craft a lot kwani uh i dislike i i call people without craft air guitarists and i get a lot of flack for that uh, for me you are a designer only when you can design you are a guitarist only when you can play guitar you are a vocalist only when you can sing you are a batsman only when you can bat everything else you are a hobbyist you are never equal to a person with craft so for me performance is a little bit like that i a have deep respect for craft and b i have no qualms accepting what i do not have so i dislike being the design pretender uh, who can only speak about design like you know for me self gratification and validation are so important to my career everything i do uh, an unrecognized work despite paying me 4x the salary i would leave i i would i would compromise on so many things just for validation and i think that's my personality so to answering a question the performer in me has rubbed off my professional career where i deeply seek validation when i started my band with my friends back in 2010 singing heavy metal music with carnatic i didn't take any world view on it whether yeah. it could be done not have supported necessarily the pure and i got very little support uh, wani i mean i fondly remember i have been very fortunate to come and perform for the good folks at kalari back in the day in one of your functions as well so uh, yeah. perform in the case start yes yes so no for me the validation came a lot later but the fact is i believed in what i was doing there the same thing applies to my design as well i believe in what i'm doing and my belief is largely a function of what i have absorbed what i have observed and what i what i stand for anyway at that note uh, i'm singing a song which i really really like and and hopefully people will like it also i'm very fond of gazals mm. and uh, this is a small very popular gazal two lines for signing this off so aaje jaane जिद ना करो आए जाने की जिद ना करो योगी पहलों में बैठे रहो योगी पहलों में बैठे रहो जाने की जिद ना करो हाय मर जाएंगे हम तो रुट जाएंगे ऐसी बातें किया ना करो हाज जाने की जिद thank you harish you are gifted thank and i'm so glad we uh, had this lovely lovely session um, together of course i'd love to have an entire evening of you uh, would love to <laughs> uh, absorbed and you know that mayfield would be wonderful you know thanks so much for ending it on such a such a beautiful touching note 
Thank you, Wani. I think it was great, lovely chatting with you. Always been a fan of your work, and thanks for what you're doing for the for the ecosystem.